So there's one more primetime slate left for the season. But first, let's go back and see what happened last weekend and see if we can use that to uh, make some better plays this week. This is the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, D-Roy. This is the Doghouse. You can find me on Twitter at RoyDog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 1-3. Goddamn, I'm pissed off. I didn't win an FSGA award. Oh, that's right. I'm not I'm not part of the in crowd. I don't, I don't take that bullshit. Damn it. Maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next year I'll... I, just sign up and vote for myself. Could do that with the FSWA too. So I think if you vote for yourself, I think you get included with the nominees. So then I could gain exposure. But if I gain exposure, then I would win because obviously this is the best fucking podcast out there. So <sighs> baby steps, babies, Mr. Roy. All right, let's start with uh, the Saturday games. We're going to start with the Minnesota Vikings at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers won 27-10. Things we saw in this game, uh, Quan Alexander was back. D. Ford was back. D. Ford made a huge contribution as far as the pass rush was concerned. Uh, Run defense, Quan Alexander definitely helped shut down Dalvin Cook, although... Minnesota really it was weird because they weren't out of the fucking game, but they just, like, abandoned the run. Um, Dalvin only got nine rushing attempts, 18 yards, you know. So, I mean, honestly, it, it was it was so close for that whole, like, first half, and they really – San Francisco didn't break away until later in the third. So, I don't know. I don't know. What the hell was going on with Minnesota? So I'm still kind of keeping that in the back of my head because San Francisco plays the Green Bay Packers this week in the NFC title game. So would the Packers do the same thing? That's kind of that's kind of what I've been pondering uh, most of this early part of this week. Um. They did a pretty good job in the secondary, of course. Uh, Kello Willerspoon uh, sucks a bag of dicks. Um, was a guy to target, um, but I really thought I really thought Thielen was going to be on that side, and he did. He, Thielen actually did okay. Five receptions for fifty yards. Uh, Diggs got the big long touchdown, the forty-one yarder. It was a very underthrown ball by Kirk Cousins that it, if it was a better cornerback 
would have gotten picked off. So, I don't know. I, the thing of it, 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 we really have to see what the matchups are going to lie, who's going to be with Richard Sherman um, as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned. But that defense is legit. I mean, we picked them last week. This was the game that I think, you know, was the for sure uh, going to be the lowest scoring game of the weekend. Um, and it proved, that proved to be true. You look at the San Francisco side, didn't really have to do, Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't have to do that much. He was 11 for 19, 131 yards. Uh, threw the touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. Pissed me off because I actually kind of looked at Bourne this week. But uh, Jimmy G threw an interception. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty shitty interception, too. Um, San Francisco rushing attack was led by Tevin Coleman. Raheem Mostert had the leg cramping issue. Um, but to me, that was late enough in the game to where uh, Tevin Coleman did end up getting pretty hot. Uh, 22 carries for 105 yards. He started ripping them off. Uh, was definitely something that we were looking at to attack on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the two touchdowns just killed it. I mean, if the if he doesn't get the touchdowns, of course, you know, 105 yards, he could have survived it. But uh, that was a big deal on the Saturday only slate. If you had Coleman, you had a, you made you made yourself quite a bit of money. The failure in the passing game, Jimmy G not having to do really all that much. Uh, seeing, you know, I, I went with Debo. Higher upside in there, three for 42 yards, not great. Uh, did have the six, it did have six targets and was uh, rushing the ball. Yeah, he had, well, he had one attempt for six yards. So I uh, had almost had that fumble. Thank God his knee was down um, on that one. But Kendrick Bourne was the big winner in the passing game, three for 40 and a touchdown. So um, I still kind of wanted to go uh, against Xavier Rhodes in that matchup uh, versus going against Andrew Sandejo. Still, I don't know. It was terrible. George Kittle, yeah, nice fail there. Um, wasn't really on him though too much. Uh, but then you had Emmanuel Sanders who caught his two caught his two targets. But the three main guys that were getting targeted was Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, and George Kittle. Uh, Kittle is dealing with an ankle this week, so um, big thing is, and we'll get into like the snap shares and stuff like that. Um, we're going to have to make a decision between Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. Uh, not really worried about Matt Breida, he, who had eight carries for 17 yards. Uh, most of that, I believe, was later in the game. It wasn't anything real major. So, Big thing is uh, defense, running game. That would be a primary focus out of that one. Uh, next game, loves the Titans at Ravens. Titans upsetting the Baltimore Ravens. <clears throat> Didn't think Tennessee could t- uh, could pull it off. I thought the game would run a little bit closer, but um, looking at it from Tennessee side, 
Ryan Tannehill again. Didn't really have to throw too much. Uh, 7 for 14, 88 yards. Had two touchdown throws, though. Um, and then had a rushing TD as well. So he's the cheapest guy this week. And I'm kind of interested in him, to be honest with you. Um, because based on the fact that even if he had like that 88 yards, if he can duplicate what he had last weekend, even if the Tennessee Titans lose, there's a lot of high-end players that we want this week. And Tannehill might be a key to unlocking some of that. So we're going to take a look into that. Um, as we go along, there'll be three podcasts this week. There'll be this one today. Uh, tomorrow we'll do the first run through and then Saturday will be the final run through, uh, for players. But Derek Henry was the big story. Uh, 30 carries for 195 yards. Also had two receptions for seven yards. So, uh, very, very good day. Did not get the touchdown. He fell down. I think he got caught at like the two two or three yard line on that super long run. Um, did have a passing touchdown to Corey Davis. Um, and that was Corey Davis's only catch. He was targeted twice, so nothing really too major there. Um, saw AJ Brown throw a pass. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get tricky in here. So we got to pay attention to that. Uh, one of the guys that actually caught a touchdown pass, uh, actually wanted to, Johnu Smith comes back in a revenge game against me, uh, for picking him the week before two for 12 and a touchdown. And then there was a long touchdown to Khalif Raymond of all fucking people. One reception, 45 yards and a touchdown. And we will go through snap shares this week. Um, and you'll just see how fucking odd that really, really was. Um, Michael Pruitt also had, uh, one reception for 15 yards. That's another tight end. One target. AJ Brown had three targets, but only caught one ball for nine yards. Um, that was not surprising against this, uh, Baltimore secondary. Uh, very, very good secondary in there, but everybody else either had one. Oh, actually, that was about it. So you had Derrick Henry for two and Corey Davis for one. Baltimore side, he, Baltimore was able to, with the running quarterback, he had Lamar Jackson throw for 365 yards. Yes, he had two interceptions, but he had did get a touchdown. Um, but he had the 143 yards rushing against them. Uh, this is a stark difference from the week before where he had Tom Brady in there who's nothing but more than a statue pocket passer. So um, they did pretty good against the running backs. That's that's a thing. Now, they were playing from behind most of the game, so they kind of got away from their running game. This is kind of like the thing with Dalvin Cook, only if you put it with two guys. Uh, Mark Ingram, six carries for 22 yards, and then you had Gus Edwards, three carries for 20 yards. Um, so again, nine carries. Yeah, he had Lamar for 20. So they're using him as a primary running back. Um, that was one of the things that 
I said if you did not like Mark Ingram, that's why. Because um, he'd probably rely a little bit more on Lamar Jackson, but not that. I wasn't expecting nearly that much. Um, so, yeah, they were playing the catch-up game. Best guy in the field for them was Marquise Brown at seven receptions for 126 yards. The touchdown. The main, main four-game slate Went with the obvious, right? Mark Andrews, four receptions, 39 yards. It was a fail. Um, He had seven targets. He dropped, I think, just about every fucking target that he had. Um, He also caused one of the interceptions to Lamar Jackson. So then you get Hayden Hurst. Four receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown on six targets. Hayden Hurst came up in the DFS chat um, over on full-time DFS trying to look for possible pivots. Hayden Hurst was by far and away, as far as tight ends, the only guy that I was willing to trust. Uh, Looking back, he was about the second targeted, most targeted tight end. Um, Nick Nick Boyle was in there most, is in there mostly to pass block. Uh, Hayden Hurst is kind of like that, a little bit more of the your standard tight end where he can do both uh, pass blocking and pass receiving. So that was kind of why I said, okay, we can pivot there, very cheap value. Um, Willie Sneed actually wasn't too bad for value in there, but I wasn't going to trust him. Seth Roberts uh, or even Miles Boykin in the in that type of thing. Um, Justice Hill did come in there at running back for four receptions, 26 yards. Um, was pretty good in there. But, uh, yeah, so <coughs> Tennessee earned itself a trip to Kansas City face that potent offense. They're not going to be able to hold them down like they did with Baltimore, at least not in my opinion, so. We'll take a look at the total this week. It's very, very high, um, and I think it's going to come fairly close. To that. I think it's actually a pretty good total on there, but uh, let's move on to the Sunday games where we had Houston Texans lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 51-31. to Everybody knows uh, Houston was up 24 to nothing, and then Kansas City rattled off 28 straight points to finish off the half. And ultimately crush the shit out of the Houston Texans. I think Bill O'Brien should be fired. Um, sure. Um, yeah, you've made it to the playoffs. What for the last five? I think. I think that's all been division titles in there. Um, this team is not going much farther than this with Bill O'Brien as the head coach. I mean, there was just some shit like, what are they, down by, I think it was like in the third quarter, I can't remember where it was, and he was just sitting there, he was like, no, we're going to punt, why the fuck are you going to punt, 
you have an offense that's completely rolling against you, and you're going to fucking kick it back to him? What the fuck is that shit? Thank God Deshaun, like, talked him out of it. I mean, the the smart play is just to keep your fucking offense on the field, for Christ's sakes. Deshaun Watson, 388 yards, two touchdowns. Throwing, he also had uh, six rushes for 37 yards and a touchdown there. Um, very, very good uh, play this week. Um, pretty much matched uh, Patrick Mahomes for the most part. Uh, Mahomes on the other side, 321 yards and five touchdowns. Um, ran seven times for 53 yards. The big touchdown from Watson is what's really kept it kept it close um, as far as the point differential. Let's see here. Get into Houston side on running. There was a shit ton of Carlos Hyde out there. And I don't know why. I mean, Kansas City was going to obviously, was going to, should have been the obvious play to win this game, right? And be up ahead. So why put in Carlos Hyde, who's not really going to catch you many passes, if any at all, right? Now, he did catch three passes for 18 yards on four targets. But, I mean, the guy who was going to be heavily involved was really going to be Duke Johnson. So in a PPR, you know, you get Duke Johnson, five catches, 23 yards. Um, Still wasn't all that great of a play, but he had eight targets, dude. He had eight fucking targets. He had, you know, he had one rush for 11 yards. It's just an arbitrary rush, but he was definitely going to be involved in the passing game. Um, <clears throat> the Will Fuller effect um, helped Kenny Stills, I think, a little bit more than De- DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you know, Hopkins still had nine receptions for 118 yards, so PPR, full-point PPR on 14 targets. Full-point PPR, he had, what, 20.8? So, DeAndre Hopkins was good. But now, Will Fuller, five receptions, 89 yards. Here's what I was talking about. Um, I believe it was week 17 and even last week, right? So, I had talked about how you get Will Fuller in there, Everybody's going to gravitate towards Will Fuller. Well, the smart play would be to actually, you know, on a shorter game slate, of course, would be actually to go Kenny Stills because all all the ownership will go to Will Fuller. He's the higher upside guy. Everybody forgets about Kenny Stills. Um, With Will Fuller on the field, that opens up both Hopkins and and Stills in the passing game. What did Kenny Stills do? Three receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty good for how cheap he was last week. So that's kind of the things that we have to take a look at. We have to decide if we're going to eat the chalk with Will Fuller. You know, this this is completely next season too. But, uh, you know, is the guy that, Is the guy who's not Hopkins and not Fuller, 
is that third guy viable? As long as Kenny Stills is in Houston, I think so. If it's anybody else, I do not like Kuti. DeAndre Carter, I, I, get the fuck out of here. There's some people that are talking up DeAndre Carter. I'm like, no, he's not all that good. Um, Tyron Fells had several drops. Jesus Christ, he could have fucking exploded in this game too. Three receptions, 22 yards, and a touchdown. He was seven fucking targets, and I think four, all four that he did not catch were all fucking drops. So just fucking terrible. Just terrible. That defense is fucking horrible too. You can keep an eye on that in the, in the offseason. Uh, once we get past the Super Bowl, um, I'll start making – actually, no. You know what? Next week I'm actually going to start making up uh, um, depth charts and stuff and getting the uh, coatings and everything put in there. Also working on the, the strict schedule project. Um, but I might hold off on that until the week after because it's going to be a lot faster to get the – Depth charts done while we're still in the playoffs. So, uh, other side, we went through Patrick Mahomes. Um, get to the running backs. Uh, Damian Williams only ran it twelve times. They were playing from behind, and then they got ahead, and they still really didn't fucking run it, which was weird. So, twelve carries, forty-seven yards, just below four point zero average. Um, two TDs. Was involved in the passing game. Two catches, 21 yards. Longest was 17 yards. I believe that was the touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> so, involved in the passing game. Targeted six times. So, um, definitely have to take a look at him this upcoming week. Uh, none of the other running backs were involved at all. Um, either rushing the ball or or pass or, uh, or passing to. Uh, they went with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill on the sweeps. So you had two. You had one running back and two wide receivers um, running the ball outside of Patrick Mahomes. So what does that tell you about LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson, Darren Williams? They're not going to use them. They're just not. They're going to rely heavily on Damian Williams. That's why he's a better option. Um, and DFS price, I believe, went up a little bit from last week. Yeah, a little bit. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. So we'll take a look at that. But uh, pass uh, receiving game, <laughs> receiving game. The in the passing game, the receivers. Uh, high point, of course, was Travis Kelsey. Ten receptions, 134 yards, and three TDs. If you did not have Travis Kelsey, you had a hard time. Winning. Uh, unfortunately, Sammy Watkins actually came through uh, as a cheap value. Two receptions for 76 yards. That was his only two targets. Um, Tyreek Hill failed. Three targets, 41 yards. Or uh, three receptions, 41 yards, and four targets. Um, and then McCall Harbin didn't really get too involved on there. There was one play. There's one play in there, though. He had four targets. One of those targets, um, if I remember correctly, Mahomes just missed him um, for a big gain, possible touchdown in there. 
Uh, and then you had another tight end, Blake Bell. Uh, two receptions, 15 yards for a touchdown. I've seen it. The show, whoever won the showdown slate in there for like the million dollars, I think the million dollar showdown, uh, had Blake Bell in there, which is fucking hysterical. Um, but we're going to go through there because I think I didn't notice a number in there that was kind of odd. Uh, Deion Yelder, what is he? Another fucking tight end. Um, and then you had Demarcus Robinson, uh, one reception, four yards on four targets. Yeah, see, this is this is why I don't I don't look at Demarcus Robinson at all. Um, your best options out of the passing game are going to be Watkins or you know Hill, Watkins, and then taking a shot on McCole Hardman. Um, probably going to see a little bit more Sammy ownership this week. So value out of wide receiver, I'm still probably going to go go ahead and go look back at McCall Hardman. Uh, last game we had was Green Bay uh, 28, Seattle Seahawks 23. Seattle came back. Um, this is one of the things I was worried about was that, you know, Green Bay Packers offense was going to stall and allow them to come back in there. <coughs> that fucking Green Bay Packers defense is really, really good. The only thing that kills them, and I know somebody wanted to get on Mike Patton. It has nothing to do with Patton whatsoever. It has everything to do with that Packers offense, and it continues to stall. Short drives continue. You know, you get consecutive short drives, leaves that fucking defense on the field. They get winded because it's a very um, uh, it's a very speedy defense. They use up a lot of energy, more than most. I know they show you know that Green Bay doesn't blitz nearly as much, but those down linemen are coming. Those linebackers will come when there's opportunity there. They expel a lot of energy. They get tired out very quickly. And then the offense just, you know, like I said, it'll stall out and allow teams to get back in there. So Seattle side, he had Russell Wilson, 277 yards and a touchdown. Also had seven rushes for 64 yards. Um, They've been very weak against uh, quarterbacks that can run. Takes advantage of that whole um, rushing, you know, weakness that that the Packers defense does have. Um, Was not on Marshawn Lynch or Travis Homer. We saw Marshawn Lynch got more of the carries. That's what I was worried about. But guess what? He only rushed 12 times for 26 yards. 2.2 average. If you use Marshawn Lynch for value, what helped you? The two fucking touchdowns at the goal line. Took away a little bit from the Seattle receiving. Uh, Tyler Lockett ended up being the good play. I still disagree with it, but nine receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown. He did really fucking awesome. Um, Ten targets. So we need to definitely take a look at Kendrick Bourne in this situation because Kevin King actually really stepped it up. 
against uh, DK Metcalf, four receptions, 59 yards. Wasn't a terrible outing. You would have rather had the touchdown in there, though. Uh, tight end, Hollister, five receptions, 47 yards um, on six targets. Still believe it was a fumble. But uh, they had Travis Homer in there, two receptions, 27 yards on three targets. Uh, Luke Wilson even stole a pa- uh, reception away from Hollister, one for eight. He's terrible. Luke Wilson is terrible. I liked him better, though, in uh, old school. He's pretty good in that. Uh, other side of the ball, <coughs> you had Aaron Rodgers show up, 16 for 27, 243 yards, and two touchdowns. I was a little surprised by that, uh, but it was a pretty good uh Defense to use Aaron Rodgers against. I just didn't really like his price uh, for the most part, especially with Mahomes and um, and Watson sitting right there. So that's why I didn't go with Rodgers. I believe Wilson was actually cheaper than Rodgers last week. Um, but Rodgers is now the second highest priced quarterback for the slate. So the current slate. Aaron Jones didn't do all that great. Um, which kind of pissed me off as far as rushing. Uh, 21 carries, 62 yards for three yards. Um, they were missing Brian Balaga. They had Jared uh, Vel. God, it's Vel here, I believe. Um, that's how you pronounce it. But uh, got the two touchdowns, which is great. Um, got a reception for four yards. Was only targeted twice, so uh, still not really that involved in the passing game. The curious thing here um, for me is you had Jamal Williams healthy. Um, He had one carry for three yards. Also had one reception on one target for nine yards. So still not really involved. He had been questionable for quite some time, um, but was active this week. Tyler Irvin. If anybody was watching, actually watching that game and saw Tyler Irving, had a little, had a little pep in his step. Two uh, two rushes for twenty five yards, so they kind of put him in there as kind of a change of pace, and he was performing. Now he's your primary, um, I believe it's just kickoffs. I'm not sure about the punt. I'd have to check that one out. Um, I'm sure when Paul listens to this, he's going to tell me exactly what's going on. But um, So he's a special teams guy, and if he's getting on the field, and I'm going to have to go back, I'm going to go back um, and take a look and see how much they've been getting Irvin involved because I believe he's been getting involved a little bit, like this, this whole two fucking uh, carries thing. But this might have more to do with Danny Vitale not being in there um, at fullback more than anything. Vi- I'm looking at Tyler Irvin, but I'm telling you right now, if Danny Vitale is playing, he's going to be involved and could give you cheap value as a flex option because Rodgers likes throwing to him when he's on the field. So... We're going to have to pay attention to that. But uh, getting into Green Bay 
receiving. Devontae Adams, the story of the game there. Eight receptions, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. I said, I don't think you have to lock him in. Jesus Christ, yeah. You needed to lock him in. God damn it. But uh, Jimmy Graham, like I said, three receptions, 49 yards. Uh, was going to be involved in there. Uh, they did get Jay Sternberger involved. Um, as well as they did have Mercedes Lewis on the field quite a bit, uh, mostly as a blocker and stuff. Um, didn't get involved in the passing game. <clears throat> if you look at the wide receivers, he had um, uh, Alan Lazard uh, got hurt, rolled his ankle, took him off the field. He was on he was on the field quite a bit. Uh, once he went off, that's when they had like Kumaro in there. Um, not much going to the other wide receivers. You had Allison, one for 11, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one for eight. Um, so he wasn't really heavily involved. They even had Kumaro on there. He didn't catch his uh, reception. So really, it it comes down to two guys, other than, say, the Danny Vitale thing that I was talking about. Um, it really comes down to Adams and Jimmy Graham. And then um, this week, I would expect. I, I, I'm thinking Alan Lazard's going to be back on the field. We'll pay attention to that this weekend. But um, you know, it, it goes Adams, Lazard, and Graham for the most part, and then everybody else is just kind of whatever. So something that we'll have to keep an eye on there. We take a look here now. Let's see here. Let's get into our snap counts, huh? Let's get let's get them snap counts. And then I got target shares for everybody if you want to write them down. So <clears throat> at running back, look at Damian Williams. Uh, was on this field for sixty-two offensive snaps. That was ninety-seven percent. Of the offensive snap counts, Aaron Jones, 54 offensive snaps for 84% of the offensive snap count. Uh, Then you have Derrick Henry, uh, 45 45 offensive snaps in that game. 45. 82% of the snaps, which means they were only like in the 50s. Jesus Christ. Um Here's the big thing. Uh, Raheem Mostert was on for 24% of the, or, uh, 24 offensive snaps for 34% of the snap share. Uh, Tevin Coleman was on the field for 33. So nine more snaps. It was 46%. So about 12% more of the snap share. You get over to Matt Breida. Um, he was only on the field for 12 offensive snaps. was on the field for uh, 16 special team snaps. Um, but it yeah, 17% of the offensive snap shares, uh, 62% of the special teams. So they're putting Brita back on special teams and uh, leaving the other two on the field for the offensive, most of the offensive um, snaps there. Uh, Darwin Thompson, one offensive snap. Uh, Jamal Williams, nine offensive snaps. That's 14%. Uh, Tyler Irving. Seven offensive snaps, eight special team snaps. So he was on the field for 11% of the offense 
and then 31% of the uh, special teams. So that's something we want to take a look at. Uh, Deion Lewis, seven offensive snaps for 13%, uh, 1% of the, or he's on the field for one of the special teams. Um, and then you had LaShawn McCoy, uh, only on the field for one offensive snap there. I'm getting these numbers from Football Outsiders. Um, get the target share. That's going to be fantasy pros. So we'll take a look at the wide receivers, see if there's any any real differences here. Uh, leading the pack was Tyreek Hill. Uh, 60 offensive snaps for 94% of the uh, percent. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 61 offensive snaps for 86%. Devonta Adams, 59 offensive snaps for 92%. So he's on, those guys are on the field a ton. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, 56 offensive snaps for 79% share. Uh, Sammy Watkins, 56 offensive snaps for 88%. So he's going to be on the brown. Him and Tyreek are taking up the two ends. And then they're filling in for that third wide receiver. So uh, A.J. Brown was on the field for 46 snaps for 84% on the field a ton. Demarcus Robinson. Okay, so he had the one target, right? 33 offensive snaps. So he was on the field for 58% of them. Uh, Corey Davis, 41 offensive snaps. He's on the field for 75%. It's not bad. Kumaro comes in for Lazard. Uh, 30 offensive snaps for 47% offensive snap share. Kendrick Bourne. Here's the weird thing. I thought Kendrick Bourne would be on the field a little bit more than what he was because it seemed like he was, really. and But he was only on the field for 23 snaps, 32%. It's just odd. thought he was on more. And maybe it was just because of the touchdown that I thought he was. But uh, it seemed every time I was looking at the screen, he was on the fucking field. So uh, Brian Pringle. Five offensive snaps, 8% share. McCall Hardman, 11 offensive snaps, 17%. That, Like I said, that one could have went off. Um, Lazard got injured after 20 snaps, uh, 31%. And you'll see this, too, with a lot of the Packers receivers. Geronimo uh, Allison, 20, 20 snaps, 31%. Uh, Richie James, who's fucked us in the past. Uh, as far as stealing touchdowns and shit. Um, but he was only on the field for three snaps. So 4%. He's playing mostly special teams. Uh, do we really need to look at... Yeah, let's look at let's look at Tennessee. God damn it. Darius Jennings, nine snaps, 16% share. Tajay Sharp, 16 for 29%. That should be your slot guy again unless uh, Humphreys comes back. <clears throat> which is a possibility this week, so let's pay attention to that. Uh, Valdez Scantling was only on the field for five offensive snaps, 8%. Khalif Raymond, four fucking snaps, 7% share. Just fucking horrible. It's like, really, really, goddammit. Khalif fucking Raymond. The only reason I knew it, I knew who it was was I saw the number, and I'm like, is that fucking Raymond? 
It better not be fucking Raymond. They're like, oh, Khalif Raymond. I'm like, God damn it, fucking Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond? Bullshit. I hate his brother, too. Goofy fucking voiced guy. Moving on to tight end. Darren Feltz, 76 offensive snaps. <laughs> Why don't we go in here with Houston? I don't know. I, I highlighted Darren Fells, and I was like, what the fuck? Hopefully you don't fuck that one up. Well, fucked it up. Uh, just so you know, Darren Fells, though, was on the field for 76 offensive snaps for a 95% snap share. Uh, getting into the guys that actually matter. George Kittle, 68 offensive snaps, 96%. Down the field almost every fucking play. Same with John U. Smith, 52 snaps. 95%. So, <clears throat> if we need a pivot option, I think we can definitely look at Chanu Smith. Um, if you're not going to go, you know, the Kittle or Kelsey route. Mercedes Lewis, 42 offensive snaps. 60, he was in there blocking 66% of the time. Um, I would expect that again this week. Uh, trying to run, you know, jumbo packages, stuff like that. Keep that pass rush off of Rodgers. Um, here's one for you. So Travis Kelsey, 43 offensive snaps. On the field for 67% of the offense, right? That Blake Bell touchdown, he was on the field for 30 offensive snaps. 47% snap share. 47%. I'd like to see his week in and week out, like what his snap share was each and every week. If if this was just an anomaly or what? I mean, we like tight ends against Tennessee. Don't get me wrong, but Blake, but that was Blake Bell's first fucking TD, I think, like ever. So, uh, Robert Tanyan is on the field for twenty one. 21 offensive snaps, 33%. I looked at him. I did look at him. Uh, but Jace Sternberger, uh, 28 offensive snaps, 44% share. Um, that tells you... Here, Jimmy Graham, too, 24 offensive snaps, 38%. So you have four fucking tight ends in there for Green Bay, right? Which means that they're switching out the three. They're interchanging it. They're keeping Mercedes in there for most of it for blocking purposes. And then they're putting in Graham, Tanyan, and Sternberger and running them out there. So that's a jumbled fucking mess. And not one that I really want to try and figure out. So I'm going to probably leave that one alone. Not a great matchup anyways against... Um, the uh, 49ers, so we got to keep that in mind. Uh, Michael Pruitt, 26 offensive snaps, 47%. Um, here's another funny thing about Michael Pruitt. So <coughs> in the spreadsheet, we have the two-game slate, and then at the bottom I gave you the showdowns. Michael Pruitt was not included on DK 
for the two-game slate. But DK included him in showdown. Like, you dumb motherfuckers. Michael Pruitt has been available, like, this whole playoffs, except for this game. What the fuck? Idiots. So, finish it off. Ross Dwelly of San Francisco, six plays, uh, 8%. Deion Yelder of KC, uh, five plays, 8%. That's your third tight end. And then uh, Daniel Helm of San Francisco uh, didn't make it out of the field. I did do fullbacks. You want to, You guys want to hear this? You want to hear this? Uh-huh. Uh, Danny Vitale, of course, did not play, so he's not involved here. Um, your top fullback is Juszczyk. They didn't use him that much as far as, you know, in the passing game or running. Um, but he was on the field for 50 offensive snaps. That's 70% of San Fran's offense. So he's going to be heavily involved. Um, take a look, see if... He's viable to use this week. Uh, Anthony Sherman of Kansas City was only on the field for nine offensive snaps, 14%. And then he had Kari Blasa game, 16 offensive snaps, 29%. So not really much there. Take a look at the target share. Now, I ran the percentage for the target shares uh, from week 12 to week 17. This was through Fantasy Pros. Give us a little bit better read on what the op- what the offenses are looking at right now uh, versus the season as a whole. So we get Green Bay Packers. They're throwing to the wide receiver 61.9% of the time. Running backs 216 and tight end 16.5. So primarily wide receivers, those are the guys getting the targets. Uh, go to the Kansas City Chiefs, 44.5 to the wide receiver, 21.3 to the running back, 34.2 to the tight end. So definitely tight ends and wide receivers. You know why, Kelsey. Um Tyreek Hill, guys like that. Get to San Francisco, very similar to uh, Kansas City, 45.9% to the wide receiver, 21.7% to the running back, 32.5% to the tight end. So very similar to Kansas City, not too far off, really. They're a little bit higher to the wide receiver. But uh, and then you got Tennessee, sixty throwing sixty four percent point one percent to the wide receivers, only thirteen point one to the running back, makes sense. Twenty two point eight to the tight end. So really, what this is telling you is you want your tight end off of Kansas City or San Francisco, and then you want your wide receiver, you want the wide receiver off. Tennessee, if they're behind, if they're going to be playing from behind, which makes sense. And then Green Bay, 61.9. 
Uh, like I said, we'll run a little bit back through these games uh, tomorrow, start pulling out guys. Uh, gonna have to, we're going to have to get weird in some, some spots, but I don't know how much we're going to really have to uh, do that everywhere. Um, definitely when you get a two game slate like this, you know, a double tight ends coming to play. Um, and that's where we like to focus. So, uh, definitely, definitely don't see us going three running back unless that Danny Vitell, uh, thing comes through, but, uh, that's it. Go back, went back through the, uh, last week's games, kind of get us, you know, started prep for, this week, tomorrow, we'll start we'll start pulling some players out of here and finding out what we want to do. Um, but until then, let's go get it.